All right. Hello, everyone, to the Professional Insight Podcast. Thank you very much for um, tuning in. My name is Brandon Curry. My name is Jeff Collins. And I'm Trevor Lindy. Uh, Josh Bond could not uh, be with us uh, today just because he's feeling a bit under the weather. At this rate, he's been sick for five weeks. He's been sick forever. Yeah, five weeks. Supposedly, he can't leave the John. Uh, I don't know. We think he's probably, you know, doing a hooky, but whatever, whatever. We're not gonna, we're not gonna judge until he listens, and he probably gives us all crap for this. Um, thank you very much to our uh, our sponsors, Brand Boulevard. We really appreciate your support, and when we can do so safely, um, issue a um, a package uh, to all of our guests. Now, I had some questions uh, since the last podcast recording because retail investment blew up on the mainly on the trading app Robinhood regarding GameStop. Um, AMC GameStop Wall Street bets, right? Yeah, yeah, as a couple. So um, I'm going to give everyone a basically a little history perspective. Um, GameStop is essentially the blockbuster of component of games video games yeah, video games yeah um it has it, it has been around for a while and and particularly speaking over the last 12 quarters um so that would equate to four years uh right yes yes uh 12 quarters four years um, three years three years yeah sorry three years yeah, yeah sorry. um they posted cumulatively one and a half billion dollars of losses. Okay, this is pre-January 2021. It was trading in and around um, in the low 20s. The highest it had ever gotten was $67 a share. Um, and that, I believe, if if I'm not mistaken, was well, I could probably call it up just because I have them up. Uh, the max. Um, it, yeah, I, we're going all the way back. Yeah. 2008, it traded at $61 and 70 cents us a share. 2008 or 2018? 2008, 2008. Okay. Right? Okay. This is for GameStop? Yes. This, this is, is GameStop. GameStop. Yeah. But this is just to put into context, um, what, what's the what happens on the, the the on Wall Street is there's something called a short. One of that, and I and I encourage our listeners to watch the Big Short. It's one of the best parody documentary mockumentaries, all factual, but on how they do it with the actors that are involved on how the global financial crisis came to be. Um, the, there was there's this th- the social media platform called Reddit, and there's this uh, amongst Wealth Simple and Quest Trade. There's this app called Robinhood, which has had, to be fair, a lot of problems during the pandemic because everyone decided that they're going to be a Warren Buffett while they're at home, and so there was a lot of supply and demand issue, and there's a lot of uh, uh, people logging on all at the same time. Their servers had had crashed a couple times. They had been hacked a couple times. So 
it was something to be with an asterisk uh, uh, on it. That being said, there's something called a short. And all a short is, let's assume for a second, I'm the broker, okay? Trevor, you bought GameStop at $25 a share. You bought 100 shares of it, so you gave me $2,500 for 100 shares, okay? You are hoping that GameStop goes up. Now, you hope you go, GameStop goes up for whatever reasons. Maybe you're a bit, a bit of nostalgia. Maybe you're looking at it, with which some of the investors looked at it um, with the cash on hand. It was around, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me, but I think around $700 million just in cash sitting in GameStop's account. So you came to the conclusion that 20 to $25 is a fair price and it should go up and there's a lot of demand and yada, yada, yada. Along comes Jeff, who's not paying attention right now. Well, there he is. Okay, good. Um, and he goes, I think GameStop is going to go the way of the Dodo Bird. It's going to go the way of, of Blockbuster. We're going to be lucky if we have one more, uh, what one store uh, in, in all of North America, like there is with Blockbuster. I'm going to short the stock. So what Jeff does, Jeff comes to see me, the broker, and he goes, hey, I'd like to borrow some shares of GameStop. I said, yeah, I got 100, I got 100 that have been purchased. Perfect. Let me borrow those 100 uh, shares of GameStop. Sure. I lend them to Jeff. There's an agreement on the cost of, of borrowing. There's usually an interest rate, whatever that might be, that Jeff has to pay me, which I indirectly pay uh, Trevor, to borrow these shares because Trevor has to sign an agreement that allows me to do that with his shares. But most brokerages have this agreement already embedded in their, in, into their packages. Jeff then immediately sells those shares for 25 bucks each to the open market. He gets $2,500. His bet on top of the, the, the interest that he's paying me and Trevor is that GameStop is going to go down in price to, let's say, $10 a share. And at that point in time, he's going to buy the shares back at $10. So 10 times 100, he will buy them back at $1,000. He will literally just return the shares back to me at the, at the pre-designed uh, the, the, the pre or pre-agreed upon date. And he'll pocket the variance. So he paid, he borrowed them off at $25 a share, sold them for 2,500 bucks, 100 shares at $25. He bought them back at $10 a share, he pockets the 1500 and that's how shorting works whether or not it's ethical or not that's an uh, that's an, uh, uh, another podcast and a discussion for another day but that's shorting and this is how wall street has always done it right like this is it's been around this is how they make money the big dogs right. this is how the big dogs make money now what is called a short squeeze well, this is what really happens 
This happened on a magnitude level with the retail traders on Robinhood and on the Reddit. What happened was it started off saying, why is GameStop shorted more than the shares that are available? It was at 137%, which means Jeff boarded off of me. He sold them. Then Josh bored them off of that guy and then bored and bored and borrowed. And then there's options. And that's how it got up to 137%. What ended up happening was a squeeze is they're like, this is BS. You know, $15 a share, we kind of agree with. But $5 a share, which some of the hedge fund companies were betting on, um, we disagree with. Um, let's buy it at $5 and let's, let's, let's buy the company outright is what some of the people were saying on Reddit. And with the 700 million in cash alone, we can strip the company clear of cash and we can make a massive profit. Well, everybody piled in all at the same time. And this is why if you short a stock, your losses technically can be infinite because as that stock price keeps going up past the point that you borrowed it at. You contractually with the broker have to buy that stuff back and give it back to me. On top of that, you owe the interest for as long as you have it out there. And it's called, you, you have to cover yourself. You have to cover the, the short, meaning you have to put money into an account of at least 50% that you think will cover at least 50% of the short of how much money you're actually going to make. Well, what happened was, supply and demand, all of these people bought GameStop all at the same time. And GameStop, as of Wednesday, January 27th, in a matter of literally a week, soared to a close of $347.51. So to be clear, it never got above $61 or $62 ever. It is now at $347 a share. Well, what happened? Well, what happened is exactly what I thought would happen. The demand and the everyone being all hot and horny over GameStop completely subsided. The big guys started selling their positions and the stock just plummeted. And it currently, as of today, is trading at $46.18. Well, let, let's be fair though. We're the the real problem that came about with this whole wall street bats versus the short squeeze was companies like Robinhood stopped yes traders from being able to sell they could buy they were not allowed to sell the stock so that was one the, sorry so you are spot on with your assessment of the situation, but that was one problem. The other problem, and Jeff doesn't understand about the regulation. So we have regulatory bodies, Jeff, that can lose our, I'm just like busting your chops. Um, so if I come on this podcast and why under a previous podcast, we had Council Littleton on here and she had to declare in what role and in what capacity am I actually speaking today is because we're licensed. Trev, you're licensed, and same with Jeff, you're licensed and you're licensed to build. 
So we have a body that we have to report to. These people on Reddit, so I'll use uh, Jonathan Belfort as a prime example, Wolf of Wall Street. He is infamous for the pump and dump. That he actually, it was, it's always been the case, but he made it because he made millions and millions and millions of dollars off of the pump and dump. What's the pump and dump? I'm going to buy a stock for pennies. I'm going to call up all of my clients, get them all hot and horny for it, tell them to buy it, supply and demand. It goes through the roof. I sell at the higher price. I pumped it up and then I dump my stock and I make the profits and all of them are left to wither in the vine and who cares, okay? What we don't know, and another problem that is under investigation right now with the SEC, which is, which is the Security and Exchange Commission, yep. is who are these people on Reddit? Are they a foreign, uh, are they a foreign, uh, 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 market? Don't know. Uh, are they a CEO or a C-suite executive or an employee at GameStop that holds stock that wanted to drive up the price and was part of the fanning of the flame? We don't know. There's so much anonymity on Reddit and on the internet. There was a guy by the name of MoneyMan22. Swear to God, that's his, that was his tagline. No one knows who the heck MoneyMan22 is. Um, and he's giving, he or she or it, I don't know, is giving advice to young people on what to do with their with their money. Now, hey, listen, if you want to go on, on Robin Hood and you or Questrade and you think you're Warren Buffett, then go right ahead. But let me just remind you, there's a reason why Warren Buffett doesn't own GameStop. Okay, there's a reason why all these people don't own GameStop. In order for it to get up to 340 some odd dollars, some kid had to buy it, and it is kids, that's who it is, how to buy it all the way up there. Well, it's not worth 47. If you bought it at 147, you just lost a hundred dollars a share. Jeez. And I don't, I don't care what anybody said because what happened was it went up to 147, dropped down to 74 and then just skyrocketed literally in a day to close to 200. And then it just kept on going. Somebody bought that stock from $74 all the way up to $341. The frenzy of trading, Which right? Is up, now, right? again, it was done speculatively, right? People yes. were doing this and, and, you know, back to you commenting about regulatory bodies and such. A lot of that was speculation. There wasn't rhyme or reason. With, with Robinhood though, like I said, they shut down the ability to sell the stock. And when they did that, big issue that came about was on record that one of those hedge funds that was yes. going to lose billions of dollars billions. is a venture capitalist as funded. They are an owner of Robinhood. They own stock in it on the back end. So you're looking at it from that perspective. And that's why there was such an uproar with AOC, right? And then Ted Cruz jumps in and makes a comment on, on Twitter while all that stuff was going on because- that's correct. How can this, you can't take, if somebody wants to trade speculatively, is it fair to take away their right to do so? If you've given them the ability to buy, you, should, get, you should not be closing them down and shutting them down from the ability to sell. 
And to keep in mind, this is not the first time that this has happened with Robinhood on a technical issue. It happened actually in, in, the, in the heat of the pandemic towards the end of March. Uh, Robinhood's servers just failed. And I believe, I don't know where this person is from, uh, and, and it, it pains me to hear this, but uh, a, a kid, a young kid in his 20s um, committed suicide because he lost a boatload of money because uh, he couldn't get on his Robinhood app. And, and when the stock market was plunging, he couldn't sell. Um, Jordan Belfort has been on record on a couple of podcasts that I follow um, to that he believes, and I, I agree with him, actually. Uh, I will be surprised if Robin Hood survives this. I will be surprised if Robin Hood is even around in another year because the lawsuits are going to be coming out right, left, and center. Well, and if, that's a huge thing, right? And if you're a kid and, I, you know, and, and you're borrowing money and this is like 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand, let's say, grand scheme of things, not a lot of money, but a lot of money to a lot of people. And you lost all of that because you had your inability to sell taken away from you. Yeah. Um, that is, I, I would be livid as well. Now, on the other side of the things, on the other side of the coin, to have the head of the NASDAQ being the CEO of the NASDAQ, which is one of the indices that tracks the New York Stock Exchange, to come out there and to claim more regulation is needed and yada, yada, yada. I think that's a bit rich, to be honest. Considering the that's 08, been pushing for no yeah, regulation. Yeah, the person that's been put, one of the people that has been pushing for yes. no regulation and in the middle of the 0809 financial crisis, basically washed their hand and said, well, free market will fix itself. While all governments went into debt in order to bail out Wall Street, um, I think that's a bit rich. But I do support the SEC and, and, uh, and the regulatory bodies in to investigating this. And to put this to a stop, because I have the ability, um, if you're my client, to talk you off a ledge and to make you potentially change your mind. Meaning, I have talked people out of buying Bitcoin. I've talked people out of buying, uh, you know, cryptocurrency. The GameStop was initially pot stocks, being another one. Basically, now, if they went ahead and did it anyway, that's their prerogative. But at least I've protected myself as a financial advisor and as someone who takes my profession extremely seriously and people's money extremely seriously. Um, you know, even in the middle of the pandemic, when I had people calling me right, left and center and asking, should I sell? Should I sell? And I kept on saying, no, stay the course, stay the course, stay the course. And I ended up proving to be to be right. It took six to seven months, but it, it ended up being right. And everyone that I coached and walked through and listened, they all made their money back and then some. But to your point, Trevor, if someone wants to be speculative with their money, that's their right. Right. But don't take the right to sell as well away from them. The other reason why that also happened was because all these brokerages that Robinhood's not the brokerage, Robinhood is the, the, the application. They have regulatory bodies behind them that state, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, Robinhood, you've got a bunch of people owning a stock that's worth $347 a share that's never traded above 61 in its history. Uh, <coughs> pony up your account there, bud. We need more money in the reserve to make sure that you can cover 
all of these losses that we think is com- that are coming. And that was the reason Robin Hood said they shut down tr- selling. Right. Right. That was one of the reasons, but you hit on the other reason. Yeah. You hit on the confidential reason. Yes. Um, that has been that for the record, we don't know 100% what was driving their decision. Um, yeah. But that is what is being reported on on the Bloomberg's, the, the financial posts of the world, all, all the stock market uh, of the world. So I think people just need to understand what that phenomenon is. Um, you know, I, I refer people if they want to do retail investing and, you know, to buy this or to buy that all the time to open up their own little account and put some money aside and do whatever you need to do. That being said, um, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah, that that's the way it is. So, um, I, I don't know, Jeff, do you have any questions or any other further questions at all, or Trevor? No, I I stayed up on it when it when it was happening, and just it's frustrating for those that you know I'm not one of those investors, but to have your platform that you have chosen to use, whether it be saving fee, it'd be no different than having a broker that you paid fees to turning around and shutting you down and saying, that's great that you bought these, but you can't sell them now. Right. Exactly. Right. There was no disclaimer that was tell it it all of a sudden trading was just halted. The selling of the, the selling side of trading was just halted by them unexpectedly. And people were stuck holding shares in a company that, you know, they, again, try, they were trying to do what, wall street does best to put you know money in the the little man's pocket right you know the whole robin hood you know steal from the or excuse yeah steal from the rich and give to the poor that was what they were next time i can what's that that i'm gonna watch the big short again yeah i just think the wolf of wall street that's a great movie yeah it's a phenomenal like it's just it's great um the only thing that yeah i just gotta caution yourself i mean you know during and we'll get on this into another another episode. We are at the back end of a secular bull. And people need to watch that. Um, you know, everyone thinks that they're the greatest when the market is going high and all this kind of stuff. And I've said this to people both before. You don't pay me when the markets are going up. You pay me when the markets are going down. That is where I earn my money. And I think this past year has really proven that to my clients, at least that listen, our firm knows what we're talking about. We've got 46 years of experience behind us. Um, we kind of know a thing of our, two about investing. So that's what you pay us for. Let's let, let's get this done. Um, but unfortunately, you know, people think that they can be the great, the greatest and latest of all time. Um, because of a couple of YouTube videos that they watched. Um, and unfortunately, and I do say this sincerely, sincerely, um, some people lost a lot of money and I hate to break it to yes, the hedge funds initially did. They always end up winning. Yes. And it's going to be your odd broker, your odd guy, your odd guy or gal on, on, on Robin hood or on quest trade or on wealth simple that, lost a boatload of money and you'll never recover from that. I don't care who you are. No. And again, they were borrowing 
people that were trying to profit on the backs of screwing Wall Street borrowed money. That's exactly yes. what people were doing. And now they're upside down because Definitely. they bought, yeah, they bought stock at a higher value. Now the value is down. And yeah, to your point, they're not going to get out of it. So that's it. That's my uh, my little thing on GameStop. I hope that explains it as as well as I could. Um, you're still awake there, Jeff? Yeah, Jeff, you're still awake? Like, you, I got way too much. I got way too huh? much. That's not my cup of tea. That's why I give you the money bond or curry and say, get to work. I, with, with that thing, though, that when that happens, it that my was... Attention just because Everybody heard about GameStop. I just didn't yeah, know. wildly entertaining, right? Like the the fact that the little man was trying to do what Wall Street has always done, and the little man got screwed because of a couple of companies out there shutting them down, being able to sell when they could have profited. Well, it's kind of hilarious, actually. Um, the irony of it all. You're right. They tried to take money from the rich and give it to them being the poor ones. But in the end, you had a bunch of hedge funds that shorted at 347. And they're they're making, think about it. They just made they borrowed somebody's stock at let's say $300. And they bought it back at 50. Yeah. They just made $250 a share. Like, and that happened literally within weeks. Yeah. But they needed but, enough people that held enough shares at 350 yes. to correct to make it work, right? To yep. to really not to make it work, to really make an Money. impactful profit profit. Correct. Yeah. So well that's it. Thanks everyone for um listening and sharing and caring. And uh uh thanks very much for being um an avid listener and to our sponsors, Brand Boulevard. Really appreciate it. And next time around, uh, five weeks later, we'll have uh, Bondo back. Yeah. <laughs> right, back from right, the graves. Take care. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.
produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company. 